0: Des Moines. From the Lithia Body and Paint Sports Desk, powered by BMW of Des Moines, this is an X's and O's update on 1460
1: KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. An uneven weekend of college hoops in the Big Four started on Friday night. Iowa, a comeback victory against Indiana.
2: Albo Bohannon for three. on the offensive four, Bohannon again. Morgan Bohannon gets it, launches the three, and hits again. The seven seconds on the shot clock. They get it into the hands of Bohannon. Bohannon for three.
1: Yes! Jordan Bohannon with 17 points in the win. This Saturday, an up-and-down season continues for Iowa State. TCU 75, Iowa State 72. The Cyclones return to the hardwood tonight to face Oklahoma Finally, the girls' state basketball tournament gets started today from Wells Fargo Arena. Updates all day long, presented by Grinnell Mutual.
0: It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night. You're on 1460 KXNO. Alright Miller and Condon, eleven o'clock hour, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460KXNO. Boy he's talented, isn't he? Sounds good. You know what? I think Morehouse went over to Chicago recently and saw Neil Young. I think really he did. Yeah. I would like to do that. Maybe in Des Moines, maybe in Ankeny. <laughs> <laughs> in your maybe, backyard. Yeah, maybe. I, I, wouldn't, don't... I wouldn't draw the blinds. If that
1: was the case. <laughs> That's good, because sometimes
0: we hear that. Indeed. It hey, wouldn't uh, be able to do that. We're going to be watching, obviously, Iowa State and Oklahoma tonight. Mm-hmm. But uh, at 8 o'clock, uh, and for sure, you'll see the entire second half, at least you would think. Uh, K-State and Kansas. Kansas has won, what, 28 in a row Big Monday games. Something ridiculous is like that. Is that the number? I think it is. Zubin texted me that over the weekend. That it's 28 in a row that they've won on Big Monday. And a big spot tonight. Trent, if the streak, if it is going to continue, this is a must-win game for Kansas. No if, doubt. Yeah. If, if they want to you know, continue, the beat goes on, if you will, in K-State, the team that has the lead right now. like I know who Texas Tech is rooting for, the team that they just crushed on Saturday night uh, in Kansas, because Texas Tech is very much alive in this thing. But if if K-State is able to knock off Kansas tonight, and they're both coming off convincing wins... The last time they took the floor. I mean, K-State just, they followed the Iowa State game. Did you watch any of that game? It was like, it was either 12 or 14 to nothing to start the game. Against Oklahoma State? Against Oklahoma State.
1: I just saw, I saw people complaining about because there was some good, like, SoCon game on or something well, like that. Well, you know what
0: they were complaining about on on, uh, on Twitter was what K-State, the unis they wore. Yuck. The old, old. The blue and purple. Yes. I mean, my God, they looked like Easter eggs. They weren't pretty. No, it was not pretty at all. So, uh, but a big, big, big spot tonight of the national games, and we're, we're going to get into this with uh, uh, with Rob Doster coming up. It, what what biggest takeaway from the weekend was it Michigan State beating Michigan the way they did? Was it Duke in a tussle without Zion, who's clearly not the same game? our team, rather, even though R.J. Barrett's been spectacular.
1: I was really impressed early by Virginia Saturday, going to Louisville. Well, a place...
0: Impressive the second half with yes, Virginia because yes. they were down ten after twenty minutes. Yeah,
1: and the way that they
0: came out, what they outscored, like they crushed them by, they beat them by twenty in the second. half. Right. You know what that game was? That game was because I searched for it. It was. Remember we had a uh, game earlier this year that we wanted to see number one Virginia, mm-hmm. and it was way up at like seven ninety or yes, something. On, yes. Yes. Um, Raycom. Yeah. yeah, that's that's where that game was. And I found that game.
1: It's the end of Raycom. Earlier today, we were talking about the old days of the Big Ten on Raycom mm-hmm. back then, before it morphed into ESPN+. Plus, and mm-hmm. this is the last go-around yep. for Raycom. They'll be producing the ACC tournament, as they always do. And then the ACC Network comes to fruition
0: next year. Yeah, because I remember they must have had a broadcast on Raycom last week. Well, the North Carolina-Duke game must have been broadcast by two networks because Tim Brando tweeting how fortunate he was to be doing this for Raycom for the final time Ah. in in that game. And then this game was on 790. But, yeah, it was Virginia's comeback. And just how they were able to clamp down defensively. Look, I, I watched a lot of that game, Trent. Louisville made 10, no, made 11 baskets in the first half. Ten of which were threes. Hmm. They were 10 of 10 from three before they had their first two-point basket.
1: <laughs> you ever seen that? No, 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 that's a good way to start things. And another takeaway, Late Saturday night, nothing else on. I watched the Zags again. Did you? Ken, I, I think we're missing something here, are we? The WCC is better mm-hmm. than it has been,
0: and they just throttled me. Mm-hmm. I mean just who'd they beat this week? BYU by 30? And Nevada bounced back, right? They did, yeah. Yeah, I saw the Nevada bounce back. But you go back to the Zag for a second. I mean, beating, it doesn't matter what level you are. When you are
1: on, yes, they're on a different plane than everybody else, but beating your conference foes, these are the teams that know you the best, that scout you the best, that know your game. and It's the biggest game every time they Mm -hmm. come on campus. Mm -hmm. And they're beating every single one of them by 20, 30 points, sometimes 40. I know. This team is deep. Right. They're without some pieces, too, but you go through and Hachimura. And, well, he's and, a pro. Yes. Josh Perkins, who seems like he's been around, what, eight years now? <laughs> I think he played with Matt Santangelo <laughs> and yeah. Dan Dickow. I yeah. think that guy's been around forever, and he's really good. This team absolutely can win the national championship. Can they? You think yes. they can? They went Have toe-to-toe they, with Duke earlier this year. It was, it was young Duke. Mm-hmm. Get that? Mm-hmm. I think we're maybe missing a little bit. I, I got to ask Doster about. Well, about you the do
0: that because I've got a couple of blue bloods whose arrows are both pointing up. You going Kentucky? Opinion. One of them, yes. Yes. The other one wears blue as well, but powder blue. Carolina, I like. I this didn't. Team I trend. didn't see this coming either. I didn't either.
1: Watching them earlier this year, mm-hmm. they're good. They'll, yep. win. they'll be twenty-three and six, mm-hmm. and they'll
0: get to the tournament. And... But it's the seniors. It's yeah. me. It's Johnson. It's those two guys that are really. Elevating that team right mm-hmm. now, I think. That's North Carolina playing very good ball right now. You go and I'm back just, to... it's more than the Duke game that yeah. I'm referring to. Because that one, Kobe White played terribly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and he's six, way better. Six turnovers? Uh-huh. He was he was bad. Yeah. And he didn't score either, and, he, and
1: he's a threat to score. And they can. So are we are we opening this up that there
0: is... Well, it's more than the Duke Invitational. Yes. I mean, eight... Virginia's going to be a pain in the inner They absolutely are. Are there eight teams that can win it all? So let me get a pen. I'm going to write them down. Okay. Let me get a piece of paper.
1: Eight teams. Well, okay. Obviously, you start with Duke. Yes, yes you, you can win the I national agree. championship.
0: So you want to put the Zags on Absolutely. There. Not a doubt in my mind. Who from the Big Ten? Both of them? Michigan, Michigan State? See, that's... Struggling you... with Michigan? I don't think either
1: of them can win six straight. Okay. So you don't have a big... Purdue? No. no they don't no. get to play at Mackey. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, Kentucky th- can,
0: though. Yes.
1: Carolina can. Yes.
0: We have Virginia, Virginia on that list.
1: Virginia, for sure. How many do we have? Five?
0: Uh, we've got five so far. Is nope. there
1: anybody else that can win six consecutive? Not get to the fun not get to a championship game. Win can the Can Tennessee? I don't think I so. I don't think they I've can I've never been a believer in them. Okay, if you're gonna throw the Zags, I
0: have yet to see Houston. That's a good one. I've
1: I saw. What did they play? Did they play Saturday late afternoon. Uh, they
0: played Saturday. Played South Florida. It was in the afternoon yeah, for sure. I, that was my flip and
1: for, a back and forth game with the Kansas game going on the same time. Right?
0: Uh, Kansas was at night. Oh, that was at night. Okay, yeah, against Texas. Maybe Tech. it was
1: before that. Regardless, watch a little bit of them. I, I didn't walk. Whoa. Okay. I, I don't walk away like I did with this, with Gonzaga. Can Texas them. Tech?
0: I want to say maybe the, their offense has been a whole lot better. Trent, it has been. There's people that will say that follow this game very closely. I get Virginia's good defensively. Mm-hmm. They're not as good as Texas Tech. I don't know if i buy it, Well, and because of, but they're in that conversation.
1: They don't play at a quick pace by any means, but it's not the snail pace of Virginia that right. maybe makes those numbers look a little bit better. So you're going to put Texas Tech down? I think I you, think I
0: might. You've got to find a team for the Big Ten. It's the best conference in college basketball.
1: It is, and the
0: iron sharpens iron uh-huh. kind of thought process. I, I think I would put either. I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to us having on our list – Both Michigan and Michigan State. Okay. Because if Teske gets going... Yes. Yes. I just... I walked away with such a bad
1: taste. That Michigan State team with... The departures that they have with no Nick Ward and mm-hmm.
0: no Lankford. and th- but look them- what Winston did yesterday. Did he win- Did he sew up the Big Ten Player of the Year yesterday? It's not Ethan Happy. If you can't play on the floor, if you can't help your team, mm-hmm. other than ho- with a towel waving it around, in the final four minutes of the game, you're not the MVP in the conference. And they can't play him because he can't make free throws.
1: You shouldn't be, no doubt. Nope, I- I can't be. I completely agree with that. It's Winston. It's Edwards. It's Winston. It's probably Edwards. Is it? Yes. Yeah. I, I still think that it is. He has this team that lost so much in contention for a regular season title. That says a lot. Yeah, that's true. I mean even Michigan State, even with this, still a lot of talent on that uh-huh, team. Uh huh. You know, Tillman's still a nice player. Yeah, So's McQuaid. Goins? Yes. You can get going, he yes, can get his jump absolutely. shots and he's big in there. Yep. Aaron's I like his I like him off the bench. Good player. What else on Purdue? Klein can make threes. What else on Purdue? Harms is really...
0: He's playing well. His last couple of weeks have been way better. Okay. For the, how, is he, how big is he? 7'2", 7'4", yes. whatever big he is. Boudreaux is... Mm.
1: There's a reason he was at Dartmouth. He's a nice player as a senior.
0: Yeah. But... All right, here's our eight. Duke, Gonzaga, Kentucky, Carolina, Virginia, Texas Tech, both Michigan and Michigan State. Nobody in the Pac-12. No. Um... Mid-Major-wise, Houston, no. I, see, I don't. I haven't seen them. Kansas, no, no, no. no. They're not even going to win their conference. You don't have to win your conference to win the whole no, thing. No, I know, though. but if they can't win their conference, I don't. think. Well,
1: that's true. But. How about Marquette? You see much of Marquette mm, early r- in November? I did. Yes, they're really good offensively. Okay, they they're okay. Marcus Howard, haven't uh-huh. we seen this before? I mean, speaking of Kansas, going back to thirty yeah. years ago, and Danny and and. The Danettes. He carried them right, Mm -hmm. and the Miracles. We've seen guys get hot and carry teams. Six, probably not. But matchups are going to depend a lot for Marquette. I like that team.
0: Bojo, as much as I disliked him as a player doing a pretty good job there. Scott Dockman, uh, well, he's doing a great job at The Athletic. If you haven't already subscribed, we highly recommend that you do. It is the future of sports writing and where you will go to get your sports information, I think, uh, in the years to come. We will take a time out. We come back with Doc. Bottom of the hour, probably a little bit past that, 11.35 or so. Rob Doster will get his eight teams that can win a national championship. Trent and I have gone on paper with ours. Will Doster agree, or is he going to add someone to that list? If he does, he's got to take one off. Who will that be? Miller? Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Mallory Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Rob Doster, NBC Sports Chicago in about 20 minutes not Chicago, NBCsports.com.
1: There you go. A state tournament update brought to you by Grinnell Mutual Insurance.
0: Are the Dragons? Have Johnson come back to Durbandale? Hang on. What have you got? Number
1: one seed, Dragons have taken the lead and now they lead it by 10. They were down 18. 65 55, down 18 at the half. They have outscored <laughs> the Jayhawks in the second half, 42 14. Maya McDermott leading the way for uh, for the Dragons. She's got 22-15 from Kendall Need and a dominating second half for the Johnston Dragons as they move on to the semifinals. Wow. We'll have the call of that game against the winner of City High Valley coming up Thursday morning at 10. Down 18 in the second quarter. Had them just where they wanted them. Apparently so.
0: Uh, Scott Dockerman joins us from the Athletic Doc. Good to talk to you. How are you, Scott Dockerman? Hey, good, guys. What's the word? Well, I want to know the word from you. Have you been notified that uh, Learfield and Gary Bart are going to meet with the media? Do you have a time yet? Apparently, uh, it's going to happen, but there's been nothing as far definitive that I've seen as to when it's going to happen. What have you heard?
3: I have not heard about a specific time, but it sounds like it's going to happen, uh, you know, today. I would I would assume today or tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a big deal. I mean, because, you know, the other day was was just so i mean it's such a wild incident anyway mm-hmm. and i mean I, I don't i think this was such a knee-jerk reaction by learfield and the university of iowa that they didn't stop to think of the repercussions of it or really give it much thought uh, as to i mean what he said and the connotation in which he delivered it i think really uh, you know then they, I, they may not understand, really, the ramifications among the Iowa fan base to the outrage, not only to having this happen with Gary Dolphin, but just the whole uh, debate surrounding these types of work.
0: Uh, real real quick on this. Uh, help me out with this. Was this, if Learfield wanted to do this and Barda said, ah, that's a little maybe over the top, or if... If Barta wanted it done, Learfield would have asked Ques. I guess if, if Iowa wanted to stop it, they could have, right? This wasn't Learfield saying, we have to do this and you don't have a say in the matter.
3: Never, never on anything like this. I mean, it's really the schools. It's a, You know, he officially works for, uh, you know, Learfield and Hawkeye Sports Properties. Uh, but they, you know, it, it's a subsidiary, really. Almost, it's connected through the University of Iowa, but it's almost a, financial subsidiary that they don't have to be, uh, uh, you know, they don't have to be subject to open records laws. I mean, uh, it, it's really, you know, what the University of Iowa wants to do is what happens here. So, you know, they can, you know, lay it off on Learfield because he's officially a Learfield employee. But, you know, overall, it's a University of Iowa decision. There's just no other way around it.
1: Doc, you've uh, talked in the past and talked again about the confluence of events that led to this it it, this isn't anything and i think there's many people out there that are missing this this isn't the singular comment for gary dolphin king kong talking about bruno fernando there are a lot of layers to this and the layers that extend to the basketball side of things maybe not alone in that i I mean uh, this goes just deeper than one comment why do you think so many people are missing that component of this
3: that it, uh, that it's beyond one comment. Um, I, I don't know that they are. I mean, I think everybody recognizes that, you know, there have been ongoing tensions between, uh, you know, Gary Dolphin and, and Fran McCaffrey over this type of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, that's kind of the impetus for what happened last fall and, you know, the open mic incident. And then, then what happened the other day, I think everybody is, is incredibly sensitive and probably rightly so when it comes to, words that are spoken that mm-hmm. uh, kind of touch the third rail of, of uh vernacular in this country. And, and, but I think they, they jumped the gun on this. I mean, you know, whether it was a, you know, it sounds like it was one email and, and uh, you know, that, you know, I be I, I mean, knowing Gary Dolphin and I've touched base with him a couple of times. We've had text back and forth over the last few days. And it's, you know, it, it's just, you, this is not, he did not mean it in any specific way. I think this could have been a teachable moment for everybody. I think Gary could have apologized for it and said, you know, I need to really, you know, kind of the statement that he had, you know, that he listed, but, you know, really to to suspend somebody and and to tarnish his legacy, what's left of it, Mm -hmm. based off, you know, something like this, you know, and, and it wasn't, you know, and I think in the way he did it, I think it's just, it really is divisive among the state and overshadows what's been a really good basketball
0: season. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. And it was really unfair that Barta, uh, was not willing to meet the, uh, meet the media on Friday when it should have been met head on and got that out of the way. Um, just, just cowardice uh, on his behalf. Well, let's get to that. Uh, the most recent, uh, Jordan Bohannon, uh, putting his team on the back and carrying them over the finish line. And that was against Indiana as he did again on Friday night, Doc. Um, does this remind you? We we we've seen guys make big shots, but I don't think we've seen one guy continue to make big shots, seemingly game after game after game. Usually, they spread that around. What a zone Bohannon is in right now.
3: You know, he's going to go down. You know, as a legend at Iowa. I mean, because of this. I mean, what we've seen over the last four games. You know, granted, one was a loss, but it was still a pretty uh, competitive game. Is just you're seeing an, an older veteran player, you know, just baking clutch plays. And this is at a program that hasn't made a lot of clutch plays in a long time. So the more he's doing it, and the more it, it's just almost unconscious, you know, just the way he's shooting the ball late in games and in overtime. And so I haven't seen a player like this. I mean, Luke Recker had a couple of nice games, obviously back in the O two big 10 tournament, mm-hmm. but this is different. This is, you know, and he's still only a junior, and everybody knows it's coming. Everybody knows, you know, the opponents know. They, they, they know from the scouting report to watch him. They're defending him, and he's right. still nailing these shots. And some of these are 25, 28-foot shots, and he's still making them. Um, he is a dangerous weapon that I think people are going to be really afraid to play against in the NCAA tournament. I don't know that Iowa's a team anybody wants to play because of you know his prowess outside the three-point line and then what you have in in the interior. So maybe you beat them, but you're not going to enjoy the the prep for it.
1: Three the last four for the Hawks in the regular season on the road. It starts tomorrow with Ohio State. Doc, I believe this is the most winnable of the three games. Ohio State's better as a team than Nebraska. I'd argue Nebraska still is more talented even with the injuries that they have than this Buckeye team. How important is tomorrow night for Iowa down the stretch?
3: Well... You know, in the big picture, not really. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, Iowa's kind of locked in to five six. I don't really see them get. Yeah, I don't see them getting up to four. I mean, without a collapse from Maryland, and Maryland's pretty good, so I I, I don't think in the big picture this is really that it matters that much. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if you go on the road and lose at Ohio State, oh well. I mean, they're a team that's on the tournament bubble. I I would think that the other three games are more important. I think every other game the rest of the season is more important than this one. I mean, you want to win your home finale. Against Rutgers, you want to go on the road, and you want to beat Wisconsin because that's another NCAA tournament team mm-hmm. and a rival, and you know, and then Nebraska to close it out strong, and then every game in the Big Ten tournament in the NCAA tournament is more important. So I guess I'm not going to ramp up the high voter on this one because I think last week's games were more important. <laughs> but that said, it's a Big Ten game, so I'm not going to diminish its value.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you, Doc. As, as far as I see it, it's I was almost like locked into the, either the five or the six, right? They may beat Wisconsin and play early afternoon or mid-afternoon, I guess, on the second day of the tournament, and if they get beat, I don't think they're going to fall as far as the seven, which is where we'd find Ohio State, as they currently sit. Um, I, I, I think that basically their fate has been determined as far as where they're going to finish in this conference.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, the only way that they fall out of this position is a collapse. And, you know and that that's all altogether different but what you're looking at is um, you know I mean if they lose four and Ohio State wins this one wins a couple more maybe they jump them or something like that but but there's three games ahead so I, I just I think right mm-hmm. now it's you know they're 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 kind of stuck where they are it's a big deal because it's, a, it's another game it's a big ten game on the road a place they've had you know last year they didn't play well certainly but they've had some success lately so I'm just uh, I, I think there's uh, you know, it's fun that you're in this point of the year, but, you know, I think every other game is more important than
0: this one. Mm. Uh, Doc, as we go back to Friday, it really seems that, uh, that the coaching staff wanted to get Garza going early in that basketball game. Get that confidence, maybe, because, you know, he had struggled his last four. I think he was averaging four points in those last four. They wanted to get the big fella going, and I thought it was mission accomplished.
3: Yeah, they did, and, and it was a good thing for them. They they need him. I mean, you know, he had, what, that streak of, what, four or five straight games where he had 20-plus points, then he got into some foul trouble, and then he looked like he was pressing, so there's really, uh, you know, it was really kind of an interesting how it all kind of, uh, you know, that they, they were able to do that, but but then, uh, you know, another guy that got going that I think has really been impressive, even maybe more so, is, is Tyler Cook. Mm-hmm. I mean, he led all scores, and I, one thing I really can tell with him is he's changing his game to better the team. You know, a lot of times he's getting some of those double teams down low because nobody can really defend him one-on-one in the block, and he's passing out of the post. And he's already got more assists this year than he's had, than he had all of last year. So I, I think uh, his game is, is, is kind of underrated, at least locally, uh, because he is – in concert with Jordan Bohannon, probably the two most important players on
1: the team. Well, and another important guy, and certainly in the victory, though he didn't take a shot in the game, he made one free throw. McCaffrey, his plus minus—I I don't know—plus minus isn't an, an absolute. Yeah, but he was plus twenty-four in a no, game that went to he overtime. Really? He was plus twenty-four. How Bohannon, many minutes did he play? Twenty what? He, he played twenty-four minutes. Bohannon was minus seven. <laughs> Moss was minus thirteen. Wieskamp minus minus fourteen. And there's McCaffrey plus 24. (laughs) Explain it, Doc, because I sure can't. I don't know if I want to. (laughs) I
3: mean, you know,
1: know, I I, I mean, I
3: just, I'm I'm not into that type of statistics, frankly. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I hate to say it. It's just not what I want to do and get involved with. But, you know, I mean, yeah, he was very efficient. Yeah. He was in the game with five assists, one, only one turnover. He found a lot of, you know, open players. um, You know, but, you know, that said, yeah, he, he was. He had one point um so you know one rebound he he was you know and, and offensively sometimes it's it's like a quarterback handing off the football That's yeah kind of what and while he's out there you know he's not making mistakes he's doing what he's asked to do and he's letting other people you know fill it up but you know a lot of those situations were with jordan Bohannon in the game at, at the two and jordan Bohannon did a lot of those things where. um you know, it's just because, frankly, he was playing two guards, not one. So uh, I, I'll give him credit. You know, certainly the plus minus, but I'm—I I think the other players were more
0: important. That—that that is a weird stat, though, Trent. Mm-hmm. I'm glad, glad you put that. I, I had no idea that that was the case. Doc, you do any? Are you heading to Indianapolis? I know the athletic will be there in mass if they uh, asked you to participate.
3: Yes, I'll be there. I'm leaving. Uh... Uh, Wednesday, and you know every single NFL writer we've got on staff for all thirty. That's awesome. Will be there, uh, a couple of us uh, college scribes will be there. I'm actually working on right now a, a kind of an in-depth piece about Iowa's tight end um, group. Uh, when will uh, that come out, Doc? Tomorrow morning. Gotcha. So, yeah, and so it's uh, it's pretty involved. I mean, when you're talking about they've already had under you know two thousand, they've had nine tight ends drafted. Oh, wow. Which is more than everybody in the Big Ten, and then uh, you know they're going to have two more drafted probably in the first round, and no team has ever had two first-round tight ends in the same draft. So uh, this is uh, this is pretty impressive stuff we're talking about with Iowa football.
1: Wait, but I, I thought Michigan was tight end. But <laughs> yes, that just all proclaimed uh, right. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, yeah, that I, didn't yeah, age that well. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Hawkins is going to go before Fant, isn't he? Probably. I think yeah. he is. I mean, I,
3: yeah, I think so because. You know, he's still he is a little bit more full service. Mm-hmm. Who uh, you know, is, as a blocker, he's extraordinary. Fant is a good blocker, you know, but compared to Hawkinson he's not as good. And I, and Iowa fans kind of frustrated me by complaining about Fant's blocking when talking to NFL Scouts, they said, You know what, he's not that bad. You know, he does what he needs to do and, and so that, that part of it's all is frustrated me all year, but but Fant is gonna wow everybody at the combine. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna jump off the page. So uh, you've got those two factors. I think they'll probably go one and two. I could see Hawkinson going somewhere, you know, early, you know, 10, you know, early
0: teens, yep. yeah.
3: Yeah, 12 ish, Packers. And I could see Fant going somewhere around, like, say, 24 to the Raiders. So you know, I think this would be this is going to be fun to watch.
0: No doubt about it, Scott Dockerman. We will recap the uh, well the combine with you on Monday, and we'll take a look at basketball as well. Thank you for what you do for us, Scott. Appreciate it. TheAthletic.com, dot uh, com, well worth the two ninety nine a month. I think. Didn't you post something earlier that there's a forty percent? I mean, it's really, really, really inexpensive to subscribe if you haven't already done so, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. We got a new promotion, you know, up through the NFL draft. So. Uh, you get us and your favorite NFL team, you know, NCAA tournament coverage is coming from everywhere and, uh, you know, and then throughout baseball season. So, you know, it's not just Hawkeyes, it's nope. not just Cyclones, you've got everybody.
0: Indeed you do, and we've got you, Doc, and we're grateful for it. Appreciate it. we'll talk to you in a week's time. All right, thanks so much, guys. Thank you, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. We'll take a timeout, that's good stuff. You know, if, if the, the whole fan blocking thing. Yes. He is going to wow them at the Combine. No offense not being drafted. Block. No. <laughs> athleticism. <laughs> Correct. That goes a long way in today's NFL. Yes. No doubt about that. Trent and I will be back with our final segment. Rob Doster from NBC Sports. He's their college basketball columnist. He will join us. Have you read his Monday morning reaction, overreaction piece? Boy, I love that.
1: I did a podcast this
0: morning, so I didn't
1: get to it yet.
0: It's a good read, Trent. We'll bring that up, as I'm sure we'll be part of the conversation with Rob as we go around college basketball next with Miller & Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. <laughs> Miller and Condon. Final segment of the program. Murphy and Andy, you too. Then the Fanatics. Do it all over again tomorrow. Morning rush underway at 6. Rob Doster, NBC covers college basketball. He is with us. Rob, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Brown
2: Ball Rock, man. NBA on NBC. I feel like I'm ready to go out and watch a little bit of. Uh... Patrick Ewing against Michael Jordan—the good old days of the NBA back in the '90s—and I'm fired up.
1: Well, and, and we got Fox that has not stolen it. I'm sure they have the rights to it, but now with college basketball coverage, you saw it Friday night on FS1 or heard it. Roundball Rock coming back. Do you like it in the college game, Rob?
2: You know, I like it because it's it, like it, it exists, and now we can listen to it all the time now. But it's just mm-hmm. weird to that and then watch, like, Indiana play Iowa. Right. You know, every time I hear that song, it, it just, it brings me back to my, like, that's what I grew up on. And I remember the first time, like, I ever realized what basketball was, was listening to that music and then watching, like, um, I don't like, good old-fashioned, early 90s NBA, the NBA on NBC. It was, uh, it, it was, it was the best, and it was the best. And now it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's weird what it's turned into now. Not that it's a good thing, not that it's a bad thing, it's just, it's weird growing up the way that we grew up watching sports
0: to see it in something completely different. Zion will not play against Virginia Tech. Uh, Duke struggled, at least for parts of that game. Syracuse played them well. Game was at the Dome, and it was packed. Uh, It's a different Duke team without uh, Zion Williamson. There's no doubt about it, but boy, Barrett's been good. And really carrying that team, I know he was your player of the week uh, in your uh, overreaction column at NBC Sports College Basketball Talk at NBCSports.com. Different Duke team... Um, the thought was he was going to play, perhaps, against Virginia Tech. He has now been ruled out. What, if anything, do we read into that, Rob Doster?
2: Uh, I don't think it's too much. I think Duke is just playing to say, you know, what this game against Virginia Tech means is, like, more or less nothing. Right? It all comes down to are they going to win an ACC regular season title? And nobody cares about regular season titles. What they want to do is they want to make sure, one, Zion' long-term health is not affected at all because the kid is just, like, He's too valuable and it's too important for him to not have any kind of lingering niche move forward. And two, you know, they want to make sure he's at 100% when he gets to the NCAA tournament and to the ACC tournament and to the things that actually really matter to people. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's really all that I take out of it. That, you know, winning or losing against Virginia Tech, one, they could probably still beat Virginia Tech without Zion Williamson. You know, Virginia Tech doesn't have their best player, right? Uh, point guard named Justin Robinson who has. A mysterious foot injury that no one seems to know anything about. Um, So this is still a very winnable game for Duke with or without Zion Williamson. It just doesn't make sense to rush him back in case, you know, just you want to get him healthy. You want to make sure that the kid is back to 100% before you do anything else with him on the basketball court.
1: Rob, with that, it felt like maybe for a stretch there of a couple of weeks that Duke had elevated themselves to a different level. Now with Zion, maybe this team taking a step back. We had the conversation, how many teams can win the national championship? Win six straight. How many teams do you think it is?
2: I think, well, how many th- teams do I think can do it? A lot. How many teams do I think that we can call a favorite to do it or likely to do it? or um, I Realistically
0: I think could do it. Realistically.
2: Yeah. yeah, I would I would put that number at five. I think there's a very clear-cut top tier of five teams, and that's Duke. That is Kentucky, Mm -hmm. that is Gonzaga, Mm -hmm. that is Virginia, and that is, I think, North Carolina.
0: I agree with you.
2: Um, North Carolina has been, that's the biggest question mark for me. The other four, I think, are pretty obvious and and pretty
0: easy to to include.
2: North Carolina is an interesting one because they've been kind of up and down this season. right? Like I don't want to put somebody on a list like that that can lose by 20 at home when they're at full strength the way that North Carolina did. That said, you know, what they did going into Duke was impressive. Mm-hmm. What they did against Florida State on Saturday was impressive. They are getting the most impressive part about it is the guy that's been there more or less their best player all season long, Kobe White, was not really effective in either of those games. Right. So we've seen on Wednesday, Luke May came out of his shell and had his 30.15 rebound game and really looked like the guy that we thought we were going to get all season long. On Saturday, it was Nazir Little, little. kind of came out and like he. Yeah. Don't dump people. He had tip dunks. <laughs> he scored eighteen points. He looked like the guy that we all thought we were gonna get all season long. So um I think that it might be a kind of situation where, you know, North Carolina's sitting there stride a little bit and, and they're peaking right now. And then, you know, with North Carolina what's the saying that we always like to say, right? The best time to get hot is in March. You wanna play your best basketball in March, you wanna peak in March, however you phrase it, we are one week from March. Not even, we're four days from March. And North Carolina and Duke look like they're peaking. So Uh, Good timing for John Calipari and Roy Williams to figure it all
0: out. Yeah, it's the seniors on North Carolina, Johnson uh, and Luke May, those two kids. uh, And I'm with you. We're with you. See, Trent and I got those five very quickly. But we wanted to put eight into the equation. And here's the three we came up with. And we kind of shoehorned them into the top five, (laughs) if you will, because I think both of us really feel that – Mm, I don't know, maybe this is a stretch, but we kind of localized it a little bit here, Rob. We put Texas Tech on the list just because defensively what we saw them do against Kansas and their offense, as you pointed out, and you're 100% right, they've been better this last Mm -hmm. couple of weeks. And then we went to the Big Ten, and you know we were both impressed by Michigan State's win yesterday over Michigan. So we added Texas Tech, Michigan, Michigan State. Of those three, which one would you keep on your list of five to uh, make it six?
2: Texas Tech. And it's not even close. I think Texas Tech, to me, is I have them number six right now in the country just because of how good they are defensively. They are kind of on track to be the best defensive team that we've seen in the Kempom era. Better than any of those Virginia teams. Better than what Michigan is this year. Better than that Kentucky team from 2015 that all that went 38 and one, And that's not going away. They're going to be that good defensively for as long as this team stays together. The thing that's interesting like you mentioned, is they're finally starting to shoot the ball like they are the Golden State Warriors, and and I mean that legitimately. In the last five games, they are fifty-eight for one hundred and twenty-four from three. That is a crisp forty-eight percent. That is very Rob Doster-esque. <laughs> and uh, against against Kansas on Saturday, they went sixteen for twenty-six from three. And the reason that's uh, that matters is because they basically have like one guy that can go out and create offense on his own. You know, Matt Mooney, he, he does some things well, and um, Davide Moretti and, and Brandon Francis and Kyler Edwards, those guys are, are fine, right? But they have basically one guy who is somebody that you're going to be scared of if you are an opposing team, and that's Jared Culver. I think he's going to end up being a top eight pick in the NBA draft. I think he's going to end up being a first or second team All-American. He is absolutely terrific. The problem is that early on in the season, what – Teams to do is really just like compact their defense and make Jared Culver try to create without having to worry about, you know, a Matt Moody or a Moretti or a Francis really hurting them from the perimeter because those guys aren't making a shot. And then once the defense started figuring him out, then Culver went through a stretch where I think he was like three for 36 in, in the month of January or something like that. He had a, a stretch where you know, he's had an awful lot like Trent Condon. So it went once these guys. Yeah, yeah, I heard it. I heard it, or I, I heard. It, I guess that my sources are telling me the Trent is not really known. That's all I could so do is shoot perimeter shooting. He's. Been, I've heard he's kind of like the, uh, the Iowa Men's League version of Xavier Simpson. If you
1: will. <laughs> I do not have that athleticism nor the quickness to get to the rim. I, what, I, about your, the, your what, what about your scouting report dead. Hook? What about who? The running hook. The running hook. That's a beauty. That's a beauty. It doesn't go in when I do it. Hey, speaking of this Texas Tech team, the team they lost to a year ago in the lead eight, the reigning national champion Villanova. Mm -hmm. What's going wrong here? This thing has completely gone awry.
2: Well, as you know, if you live by the three, you also die by the three. Mm -hmm. Villanova has not made threes at all uh, in the last three weeks. And part of it is, they just, I mean, sometimes those threes go down and sometimes they don't, right? Like, no one is going to, over, over the course of the last three games in the losing streak, they're shooting, I want to say, 28% to three. And they're shooting more, almost 43. And that is a lot of threes to shoot, one. And two, that is a lot of threes to miss. That's a problem. But part of it is, like, they're never going they're not going to be that bad forever. Just the same way as Texas Tech is not going to be this good forever. Shooting is contagious, shooting is streaky. And shooting always tends to regress to the mean. And I think that Villanova overall is better shooting. The thing is, we need to see what adjustments are going to make as uh, teams really focus on forcing Villanova into a tough three pointers. Like teams know what they want to do. And as we kind of get through the second time through Big East play and teams see them again, uh, you're, you're not going to get things as easily. And it's kind of like the secret's out, right? Bill Booth, Eric Pascal, and nobody else can really do anything mm. for the Lenova. So, um, it's gonna be interesting to see what adjustments that Jay Wright can make. But more than anything, like I think what this kinda is, is just like the Lenova's not really all that good this year. And we knew that. And just because they caught fire and Bill Booth was playing out of his mind and Eric Pascal was playing like an all American uh over the course of the first like six weeks against the big East that like might really only have one good team. You know, I think we all kind of overreacted to it. So now, now there's good coaches in that league. They're figuring Villanova out. Villanova is settling too much for threes, and we, we are where we are.
0: Uh last thing Rob Doster NBCSports.com College Basketball Talk all eyes college basketball tonight will be on the Big 12 as 8 o'clock Central Time Kansas who's won 28 in a row big Monday games just phenomenal statistic but here's a very hot K-State team K-State can really drive that nail to the proverbial coffin if they go on the road and, and pick off the Jayhawks at the Fog how do you see this one help us out what's going to happen
2: oh man I wish I knew No, here's the thing. This is probably the biggest game that Bruce Weber has coached since since his 2005 national title run, right? I mean, you have a chance to basically end the run of your arch rival as the Big 12 champion over the course of the last 14 years. And in the process, you can put yourself in a very, very, very good position to go out and win the Big 12 outright. If they win this game, they're going to have a one-game lead on Texas Tech and a two-game lead on everybody else. they the rest of their schedule is, I want to say, is what they get Baylor and TCU and Oklahoma. And which is Iowa really State,
0: Iowa big. State on the road.
2: Yeah, well, that's what Texas Tech gets, right? Y-
0: yes, uh, sorry. Yep.
2: Yeah, Texas Tech plays at Iowa State. So the only team within one game of Kansas State would be a team that still has to play in the building that they that is renowned for Hilton Magic. Yep. Well, not so much this year because right. they can't that's win true. in the building anymore, and all they do is win on the road. So it's like the opposite of Hilton Magic, but. This, is, this puts Kansas State in an unbelievable position. And, you know, going to the farm is not easy, man. You're basically playing eight on five. You have <laughs> all those, like, just insane Kansas fans screaming at you. There's a reason it's so tough to win in there. And I'll tell you what, man. I do not want to be anywhere near Bill Self after he goes through and watches that tape. You know, I don't want to be Kansas. I don't want to be the players. I don't want to be an assistant coach. I don't want to mm. be the G.A. I don't want to be the SID. I don't want to be anybody anywhere near Cell over the course of the last two days. So you know they're going to come out ready to play, and they're going to come out fired up. I think it's going to be a great game tonight in the fog. I mean, I would be silly if I bet against Kansas in that building, but I, I, this is a statement, man. Look, if Kansas State wants to be as good as they want to be, this is the win that you got to go and get.
0: No doubt about it. Rob Doster, NBCSports.com, College Basketball Talk. Rob, thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it. Sounds good, guys. I hope I was as
2: clutch as Jordan Bohem
0: today. <laughs> <laughs> he has been something, and yes, you were. Good to talk to you, Rob Doster, uh, joining us as we go around college basketball from a national perspective.
1: So, uh, Dave Oman does the bracket over at NBCSports.com. NBCSports.com, okay. And and he NBC uh, NBC Sports, Sports. Rob's Rob site. Okay, Sight. gotcha. Uh, his updated list: Iowa State. A six seed. Fall into a
0: six. Shelby has them five. Uh against
1: Minnesota in the opening round, opposite Marquette, the three so seed. So Minnesota's still in. Still in. In Hartford. Uh, yeah. Tough place to get to mm-hmm. with a quick turnaround. Iowa, a five seed. So he's flip flop with Shelby yes. done. F- heading to Salt Lake. Yep. Against the winner of Temple, Alabama. Mm. Kansas the four seed in that. Hawkeye fans sign up for that? With the win, Kansas in the round of 32. Yeah, no, yes, I would love. to mean, I would love to see it as opposed to the other four seeds, Wisconsin, which it couldn't be, Texas Tech, or K State. Yeah, I think you would take Kansas out of those four seeds. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to see mm-hmm. right now. And uh, our local teams that will be coming to Des Moines. This is according to NBC Sports. Michigan against Loyola. Okay. Buffalo, VCU, the other side of that in the seven mm-hmm. ten matchup. Buffalo's good, but yeah, nobody cares. Michigan State, Montana. Okay. Washington NC state. Mm. From what we had. Hey, look, I agree. We were you're never going to you're never going to match that trend. Indiana, Kentucky no. playing for a birth to the sweet sixteen. Never going to match what we had the first time Kansas around. Kansas was here.
0: Yukon was here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the last five years, we'll have had the tournament twice in downtown Des Moines. Hard to complain about that. No, I'll say. All right, so let's get you on, uh, on record here yes. tonight, because you do like to dabble. Just a bit. Uh, Iowa State last check was nine and a half, you said? Nine and a half is, is what it I ten saw. in any places? Have you, have you seen it move at all? Uh,
1: let me pull up Vegas Insider and see if that thing's moved at all for tonight. Here we go. it is eight and a half. Pretty much consensus. Mm-hmm. Dipping down a little bit. Uh, I think Oklahoma covers. Can do two? I am not betting this game. This is a stay away. Okay. I cannot wrap my mind around this team.
0: And it's an odd tip, too. It's 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. And ESPN2 does not have a game in advance of that. So we'll get to it at least right away. Right on time, you would think. Hopefully, the uh, K State Kansas heavyweight tilt is delayed. I think Notre Dame, do they play at six? Notre Dame at Florida State. So that one can go in overtime, as far as I'm concerned tonight. Because you want quiet. them to push it back? Yeah, push it back a little bit. So, uh, But you would, if you were going to dabble, you would take the points? Half unit on I Iowa think... State. You know I can. On better. Iowa State. Yeah.
1: Okay. Is that the... They're due, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, on the surface, yeah. Oklahoma, the way Iowa State's played their last two games in Hilton, it's mm-hmm. so no doubt. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, uh,
0: there's one coming off two straight wins at TCU and beat Texas yep. on the weekend. You know
1: my man love for Brady Manick? I got a little yeah, man manic, crush on him. Yeah, I'm a Manick guy too. So, Doolittle's but, a nice player. Yeah, they're due. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, that's, that's a stay away. I do have
0: an opinion, though, Kansas, Kansas State. And that is, and what's the number?
1: It is currently four and a half, consensus.
0: You're laying the points. You've been oh. on Kansas all year long. I'm laying the points one final time. I'm going down with this sinking ship. And you are going down with the sinking ship because tomorrow we're going to be talking about Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. All right.
1: Well, I will see
0: you at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning to do that. Look forward to it. Murph and Andy are next to 2, then the Fanatics at 4, Settles and Sullivan. It's a Monday after all. They'll be on at 5. Then tomorrow morning, the rush starts it all over again. Thanks for being with us. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.